The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Proudly made in the USA, customizable SeaDeck no-skid traction is non-absorbent, closed-cell EVA specifically formulated for the marine industry. For a free sample and more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. Unbelievable. Recognized as the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast. With the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to episode 88 of the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Alamano, recording this portion of today's podcast from my old bedroom studio located at my parents' house, just outside of a really chilly Chicago, Illinois. And now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Borden.com. Join the largest community for board sports professionals and enthusiasts today. Now you can find the perfect shred session near you, whether you just want to dip your feet in for an hour or plan a multi-day event with 10 plus people. The Borden.com Sessions app will make it easy to get out on the water, search and discover local rippers around you, or meet new friends all around the world. There's so much going on through this all-new online community like Borden.com on Facebook and then create your own profile online at Borden.com. All right, well, I am cold. I'm here in Illinois. I just arrived from Mexico. I was down in paradise. I was in Acapulco for the weekend for the first stop of the 2018 Mexican National Wakeboard Series. You guys might remember I finished off my season pretty much, my boat season last year in November in Mexico at the same venue. It was awesome. This event was even more special. I'll talk all about that in a few moments. But first, I'm pumped to announce today's guest, pro skimboarder and wake surf athlete, Austin Keen. If you don't know Austin, this is the dude who starts from the shore, skims out like 100 feet, and then catches a wake off of a boat. He's insane, and I think now you all know exactly who I'm talking about. So I met up with Austin at the Winter Surf Expo in Orlando just a few weeks back. I think it was like the last weekend of January. It wasn't my first time meeting Austin, but it was pretty much our first real conversation. We've passed each other a couple of times. I saw him in Arizona at a Malibu Boats Rider experience probably three or four years ago. And then I saw him over at Henshaw's property when I interviewed Daniel Grant last year as well. Austin's a pretty cool dude and he's doing some really big things right now. But most importantly, he's getting a ton of eyes on towed water sports. Yes, he is a wake surfer, so technically he's not being towed, but come on, we're all family. Anyways, he has a huge following and a unique take on the sport, and I had a blast sitting with him and hearing all about it. Brian Magaldi helped facilitate this, so I owe him a huge thank you again, and I hope you guys all enjoy the convo. 
Now let's circle back to Mexico because I'm totally pumped up right now. I think you can hear it in my voice. I was in Acapulco in February, and not only was the weather amazing, over 50 Mexican wakeboarders ranging from nine and under, youngest being like five or six years old, to over the age of 50. The riding was sick. The level is getting insane in Mexico, and it's radical and inspiring. They're going to have three more stops before the end of the year. And to tell you the truth, I hope I can make it to all of them. And any of you contest riders listening or fans or families or friends, I don't care. You guys should join me. Come on down to Mexico. Let's go to a wakeboard contest. So I do want to send some shout outs to the organizers. But firstly, drop some names you listeners should watch out for because these Mexican rippers put down some great performances over the weekend. Just a short list, of course, but here we go. David Brito, Miguel Monroy, all the Taja kids, the Elizaldes, Catalina Balzani, Sofia Monroy, uh, Andrea Macias, Azel Castruita, Mateo Franco, Javi Big Air Olea, Geronimo Jerez Perez, Pato Gonzalez, he was there. He took the win in the pro division. That's the dude who took second place at Worlds behind Gunther Oka and Junior Pro last season. There were so many more great riders. I wish I had time to to say everybody's name. Case and Siderhoud was there. He was coaching and judging. Chad Sharp was in the house for Malibu and Ronix. Something like eight Malibu and Axis boats were sold. It was crazy. Marcos Torres was there. He's you know one of the legendary Mexican wakeboard athletes. He judged. He even rode. He competed. It was so good to see him again. It's been a while. Super huge thanks, though, go out to the Brito family and the Ochoa family for hosting me and my girlfriend, Jane, on their boat, their yacht, for her birthday. And, of course, the Monroy family, the Olea family, all the other folks who helped run the event, but especially Hema Birch and my good pal, number four in the world, two years running in the 30- to 39-year-old age bracket masters category, The one and only Emilio Martinez. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'll be sure to let everyone know next time I head down south of the border and maybe you guys can join me for some tacos and wakeboarding. All right, super fast here. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or one of the many Android podcast apps, do it. Just search the Golden Mike podcast, and once you find us, Please rate the show. Give me five stars and a review. It's huge. If you guys do that and you send me a screenshot of your review, I will send you some swag, all right? So keep that in mind. All right, to keep the podcast free to you, the listeners, as it always has been, I must thank the sponsors of the show. Give them your love if you can. Deck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, Footin.com, Borden.com, Go Puck, Rockstar Energy, C4 Belts, Conley, Lead Wake, Ronix, O'Brien, and Slingshot. Other ways to support is to buy a t-shirt, one of my all-new Golden Mike Podcast t-shirts, just made, or a dad hat. If you're interested in that or you just want to talk to me, you want some advice, you want to talk about wakeboarding or water skiing, hit me up. Email goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. You can find me on Facebook at the Golden Mike Podcast. If you don't already like the page, do it. I'm on Twitter. I don't use it much, but I'm there at 
the golden underscore Mike and at the Dano T Mano because somebody already had my name, which I do have on Instagram, and that is Dano T Mano. Well, that was a mouthful, but for those who waited so patiently, let me take you back to the Surf Expo recorded inside the Del Sol sunglasses booth with my guest, Austin Keen, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome to the podcast, Thank my you. friend. Thank you very much. We're sitting here at the Surf Expo. This is my first time uh, recording inside of, of Surf Expo. but uh, My first time at Surf Expo. What are you doing actually at so the So thankfully, one of my sponsors, uh, partners, uh, Caraloha and Del Sol, um, they had a booth out here um, this year, and they decided to bring me out. And they're the first sponsor to ever say, hey, we should have Austin at the Surf Expo. So thankfully... They said that, and they did it, and here we are. And here we are, man. Yeah. You come from the surf, but from the skim side, right? Skim, yes. skimboard world? Yeah, so I grew up in Savannah, Georgia. Well, I was born in Savannah, and I grew up surfing and skimboarding Tybee Island, Georgia. started with surfing for me, and uh, I was really involved with East Coast Surf Contests, like the ESA, surf, the Eastern Surfing Association. And uh, I used to do a lot of contests when I was younger. Um, I did pretty well, and like surfing... surf style? Just surfing in the ocean, gotcha. yeah. Surfing was my life. Like, everything revolved around surfing. Um, I couldn't even join a sport in middle school because all I wanted to do was go to the beach after school. Um, so that's what brought, you know, brought me up and down the East Coast was just going on surf trips and going to contests. And then I got into skimboarding because, you know, where I grew up, the waves are minimal, you know? Right. Swell is pretty minimal. And... We would have these little waves that were still breaking close to shore, but you just couldn't really surf it. And then I met these guys, uh, this, these guys that are probably about the time, you know, 24 years old. I was like probably, I don't know, 12 or 13 or something. And they showed me my fir the first skimboarding video in Laguna Beach. And I was like, oh, my God, how did I not think about skimming out to waves? But these guys were like skimming into like shore break that was like way overhead. So instantly they showed me like they kind of like opened my eyes to skim like real skimboarding because I was just kind of sliding around on the beach just as something to do when I couldn't surf. And then because um, you can technically skimboard at the lake too, right? Like you can. Yeah, you could. You know, I mean, um, for flatland skimboarding, yeah, like a thin water area, you could do that. Uh, yeah, you could do that. Probably you know? not as not as fun as having some. Uh, not as fun as having <laughs> like you know ocean energy behind you, even if it's just a little bit. Just having a little bit of energy to kind of come come back at you and you know do a little shove it off of sure. or do errors. And then I just started finding waves that were breaking close to the beach where I live on Tybee, and for some reason skimboarding really kind of stuck stuck out to me. I really liked fast hollow waves already that broke close to the beach, and so when around the same time I was kind of transitioning I, I didn't really like the competitive uh, clickiness of like the contest scene so I was kind of transitioning out of that around when I was like I don't know 14 or 15 anyway and um, just kind of went to my first skimboarding contest saw what everybody else was doing in St. Augustine Florida Volano Beach and uh, that opened my eyes yet again to what people were doing and um, I just, I don't know, I just kept with it. I really enjoyed it. I didn't have any, I didn't have any, like, 
plan to like, hey, I'm going to go try to do contests. Now. Sure. I, I'm, in fact, I didn't even really want to do contests. Uh, who skimming. does though, right? Yeah, I, I was just know. like, <laughs> I just want to do this for fun. And then I, when I went to one, I'm not, I guess I'm naturally competitive. So I was like, oh, I could do that. You talked about uh, you kind of seeing what skimboarding was truly about. Now, I think you have opened up a lot of people, including myself's eyes to what's, what skimboarding is. Or I, I, To be honest with you, the only thing I knew about skimboarding was that we were drilling holes into them and wake surfing <laughs> with them. That's funny, so, man. And that's been my goal, you know? I mean, that's along with just doing what I love and being able to make a career out of it, my biggest goal is just to, been, to get the sport out there to like a wider audience and show people what we're doing because nobody's been doing that. You know, we have like this, we have a world, we've had a world tour for over 10 years that nobody's really known about, you know? On we the skim ha- side. Yeah, we have had a world tour that's international that nobody's really known about. We don't have the audience. So thankfully uh, when Facebook and Instagram came along, that was like, I saw that as my opportunity to create an audience. Hey, I think what a lot of the listeners um, w- want to hear a little bit more about is 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 your social media. I mean, that's, that's obviously okay. been probably <laughs> like your biggest vessel for at least the, the um, the start of your career yeah, yeah. Um, how did you grow it um, as far as the social media goes how fast did you grow it and then um, maybe like a tip on on producing like viral content yeah for sure uh, actually I was I remember my buddy uh, Perry was we were having a we were having lunch one day and he was showing me Instagram and I had a, I had my Facebook page at the time really my I had to start from scratch with my Facebook because I had the personal page that hit 5,000 and I didn't know there was a max. Sure. So I was like, uh-oh. And so I had to like start from scratch by making a page. I just stopped accepting friend requests. And then I was already burnt out at like social media by that point because of that. And then like my buddy was showing me Instagram and he was like showing me how to use it. I'm like, I thought it was kind of just like uh, gimmicky, you know, in a way, but like filters and stuff like that. And I was like, I was like, dude, that's... I, I like the editing side of it. I was like, the fo- editing your photos and stuff is cool, but I can tell you right now, I'm never going to get an Instagram. That's exactly what I said to him. And then uh, here I have it a lot. Like It's like, you know, my career revolves around Instagram. 300,000 <laughs> followers <laughs> later, 1,700 posts or yeah. something like that. I mean, you do a lot. Of, you've got a lot of posts. Do you have some help with that, or is that all on I do your everything own? on my own. Yeah, and I, I, I enjoy having control over, over it, just kind of going, knowing what goes on the feed and you know, not everything has to be super high quality. A lot of people have to put like, you know, f- their 4K footage up every time. I like to kind of keep things relatable, um, keep it pretty raw. I like putting, now I'm using, I get to use like better cameras and shoot with better, like more talented uh, photographers and video guys. So super grateful for that. And it kind of like brings people into what's happening in the sure. sport a little bit more when you have like a nice lens, well, gives it, you more depth to what's going on. For, for a guy like you too, it takes some of the, uh, at this point now, um, I think your job is to promote the sport and yourself and not necessarily personally have to worry, how am I going to get that next photo? How am I going to get that next yeah. video? And it seems that now you've got a good crew kind of surrounding you. And yeah, I got some friends who do great work and people who hit me up. And if there's any photographers or video guys out there that are listening, you know, like hit me up. 
Yeah. See some work and let's go shoot. Cause I'm, that's what I'm, I like I'm to looking do. at some photos right here. So we're in the, the Del Sol booth and I notice I see like uh, at least one or yeah, two of so, Bear's photos. Yeah. So Bear is probably without a doubt one of my favorite photographers. Like probably is, he is my favorite photographer. How did you connect with, with uh, Bear? And for those of you guys who are like, don't know Bear, Brian so uh, Soderland, yep. uh, long time wake At the Golden Bear on Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. So he's like, without a doubt, my favorite photographer to work with. His work, you can just tell he's a pro shooting how he works uh i mean the photos always come out so crisp what gave me the initial respect for him was like we were on well, how i even met him was uh parks bonifay was uh at we were we were at the, that's when i first met parks actually was at the boat show in denver i think i had my, maybe briefly met him before that but we had actually hung out and met the, at that boat show last january and uh just the cool dude he was he like was like hey we're going to hawaii and i was like i kind of hinted like oh man that would be awesome man and he like kind of kind of mentioned like oh i could kind of see if there's like space if you want to come you know to do like this trip with nick nick taylor and brian grubb and those guys and i'm like dude that sounds amazing you know like a couple guys who are red bull athletes that are killing it at their sport and uh i guess fast forward a little bit um he he was like he gave me the okay he's like yeah if you want to get your ticket you know we'll have a house we're just all kind of throwing down to make this thing happen and uh bear was on that trip so like i flew out like two days later from denver i was like i guess i'm going to hawaii you know so we were hanging i was hanging out with parks nick taylor brian grubb and bear and he was kind of documenting the whole thing and the whole trip i think is on an issue of wakeboarding mag yeah it came out in wakeboarding yeah. mag it was awesome great yeah, man, i think super... parks even got the cover yeah he got the cover with i mean those guys like and it honestly it gave me so much more respect like i before i was like oh boat guys like they don't have any like knowledge well, of the ocean well i like, was actually going to ask you that too um going into it you you knew who parks was yeah so before you ever talked to parks like what oh, kind i mean of i remember watching parks and his brother like like on X Games and Blue Torch TV when I was a kid, cool. you know, like that's. But but like from not knowing, not being on the inside, because you're you, you don't come from the toad water sports. Industry, not at all. So. It's like so out of my element. Like I'm so like I feel totally ignorant when people are like, "Hey, do you know this guy?" And I'm like, "I don't know that guy." Like it's not like bad. you're being a jerk or anything. Yeah, like but that. I it's feel just... ignorant because I'm like, you know, I am in a way like I'm getting a lot from wake surfing by like the fun and the content and working with opportunities and companies well, like, you, you're, you're but yet the, I don't, you're in our family now <laughs> I appreciate that yeah you, thank you, really you thank are. you and there's still things I don't know about it you know people are like will ask me questions and I feel stupid that I'm like we adopted uh, you late Austin <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I'm still learning how to set up boats and I mean I think I still need to properly learn how to back up a boat and yeah <laughs> a uh, trailer and trust stuff, me but. there's lots of people out there <laughs> so who own 150,000 yeah, yeah. boats you need to learn how to properly so, back up a boat <laughs> yeah I definitely need you know I have a lot to learn still um that being said, yeah, I mean, Parks well, was super cool and welcoming. Let me ask you, what was your impression of Parks? Did you think he was going to be a totally different dude before you met him? Oh, I didn't have any uh, expectation. Yeah, I like, um, I really had nothing. Yeah, I, I didn't know like, I didn't even know what you know, the vibe of wakeboarders usually was. Sure. I didn't really. I think when I started wake surfing, I, I started figuring out there was like a little bit of a wake surf wakeboarder kind of like. Uh, friction vibe going on because like you know wake surfing is a growing industry kind sure. of you know and then wakeboarding was kind of getting taken over a little bit by like the user friendliness of right wake surfing you know and these wakeboarders are doing like 20 foot 
airs with like 1080s and double rolls and like just like the most gnarly stuff ever and then you have like wake surfing kind of maybe getting the same amount of money at contests or like or more yeah, I, could, I could see the friction you know right. these guys are gnarly man like you can't like wakeboarding is intense it's a really high impact really and it takes a lot of skill a lot of just do you dedication. wakeboard at all i just like i i think i tried it once like three or four probably four years ago actually before i had even wake surfed i i tried to wakeboard a little bit i was on the wakeboard for like 20 minutes and like the boots were too small so i was like ah, i'm over this like my oh, feet right. were cramping up so i didn't really get a chance to try it and then so i literally i think my first my second time wakeboarding was back home on the lagoon with melissa marquette who's does marquette sorry melissa yeah <laughs> however you say your last name marquette marquette <laughs> I'm the announcer, so she she one day it took ten yeah. years, but she finally came up and she goes, Daniel, could you just call me my real name? It's Melissa Marquette. Marquette. It's like Mar. I've always said Marquette for some reason. I don't know why. Well, because it's easier. I have another buddy named with the same last name spelled the same way, and he pronounces it Marquette. Oh, really? So yeah. Okay, so I'm yeah. not too far off, yeah. huh? Anyways, Melissa, she's totally rad, and I was like, all right, I I want to go out with like someone who's gonna like just. But I mean, I was like clearing the wake, you know, my basically my. And my second time, I was able to clear away. You snowboard and as well? I just don't like being strapped in, you know. Gotcha. Like, I think with skimboarding and surfing, I'm always used to be able to move my feet around the board to distribute my weight and also, like, have that, like, exit out, you know, of, like, being able to bail the board. Even sure. skateboarding as a kid, you know. I grew up skateboarding, too. Like, always being able to bail, like, I guess snowboarding or being strapped in has always kind of uh, freaked me out a little bit, sure. you know. Um but I enjoyed it. Like, it, I mean, it gave me a huge respect even more for, I mean, I already had a, like a lot, I already knew how gnarly it was, but like just to do it and, you know, just the amount of air those guys, I want to, like, whenever I see a, like those guys doing like the double ups, like that's what I want to do. Right. I just want to be able, I don't need to do like a 1080. I just want to like, I just want to go and just launch and get well, you know, yeah, a I don't bunch know of if air. Parks ever told you, but like back in the old days, what they would do is they would like, they would set up like a double up yeah. and then they would fling the boat around and whip the rider into the double up so you're not even oh that was the rope. my favorite wakeboarding events to watch was the double up contest yeah these guys are just getting insane amount of error you know like i could see you getting whipped into a double up on oh. your on your on your uh skimboard oh, let's and then do it just someone whip me into a double up please on my parts will do it he'll, right. he'll whip That'd you into awesome. a triple up yeah he will okay let's get to it how did you actually get into the whole like like wake surf scene in general because you're a you're a skimboarder from georgia which is, to me is already crazy because you I'd, I'd assume you were at least from uh Cal- florida or cali oh, yeah. you yeah. know but uh but here you are man obviously pro skimboarder but you've got to be like top three most recognized wake surfers of Dude, all that's time. incredible I if mean, not that's, the yeah. most recognized wake surfer now thank you man and I, that's like i can't even believe that honestly but yeah, I guess the the whole way I got into wake surfing, I had a, a, a footwear sponsor at the time, Freewaters Footwear, um, and I guess they were doing some stuff with Byerly at the time, and they kind of just started working with me, so it was kind of more just like, like a laid-back thing. It wasn't like a big sponsor or anything. We were just kind of, uh, he had some ideas like, hey, it'd be cool if we, you know, link you up with one of our other ambassadors, Scott Byerly, and I'm like, well, that would be super sick, like. I've always wanted to wake surf. Like, did you know who Scott was at the time? I did. Like, I knew who Scott. Yeah, you know, I knew who Byerly was, but I didn't really like. I mean, I didn't really. 
Like, I knew who he was growing up watching, like, you know, X Games and all that stuff. But it's stuff. not like me. When I first met Scott, like, I met Scott for real in 2000, and it still took me, like, a year to ever even converse with the guy because no I was way. so... Bl- I mean, he was... It, it basically, like... That's rad, it, You know, meeting your hero. Yeah, I guess it would be, like, me, like, as a kid meeting, like, Kelly Slater or sure. something, you know? Like, um... Yeah, so, I mean, I thought it... Like, I was a little nervous, too. Like, I was, like, I knew how... I knew he was a legend, and I didn't want to, like, you know... I don't know. I guess, yeah, you're, I think, naturally a little bit nervous. But I was, like, all right, let's do it. I just want to go wake surf. I don't know, man. Like, I couldn't have picked a better person to go out with for the first time because he is so cool and chill and laid back and, like... When you're lucky, he's got a lot of wake surf history. You know, if you actually go back through the the wakeboard... Uh, video history yeah. Scott was wake surfing back in 94 on film doing like shove it's on that's insane on surfboards yeah. and I I think that's what I liked about him too after the first day wake, surf, wake surfing with him is just like he wasn't and actually going back after do, seeing the wake surf industry and then going back to visit him it like his creativity was like came out naturally he just liked to do stuff that people other people weren't doing and like that's kind of what I wanted to do I wanted to do like it's like, dude, we got a wave just sitting here behind a boat. Like, let's do some crazy weird stuff. And he's like, okay, let's do it. We got jet skis. We got this. We got that. Like, he was coming up with ideas, and like, it was awesome. So, you know? Byerly was your first person you ever wake surfed behind yeah. the boat with. Yep. Wow, that's first time like surfing behind a boat and not holding a rope. And then, how quickly did uh, how quickly did did like wake surfing escalate? Um, as far as like you taking it serious, I was out there for a skim contest. So we just aligned the travel with this like a skimboarding contest in Volano Beach that I was at. I go to go to every year, and uh, my buddy Carl, who lives in the area, we were like, hey, he drove down with me. We visited Byerly and went on this boat. And uh, I guess the first day I was like, I'm busting out like 540 big spins, you know, because I've done that on a yeah, I could do it on a skimboard. Sure. So why not? Here's a wave. Let's just go for it. You know, so like, I was doing three shoves the first day, and I think the the first or second day I like landed a 540 big spin. Sec, like second day wake. And they're all blown away. He's like, dude. He's like, you're probably the he's first like, guy. You, in the he's industry. like, you need to like. I knew because I heard like some other skimboarders get in, like kind of tap into the wake surfing sure. stuff. Like Brad Donkey had wake surf, being from Florida. Um, Bill Bryan had actually like uh, linked up with Byerly at one point with some other skimboarders like like probably six years before that, you know? Um, so I know like skimboarders have tried to do contests and they kind of struggle because of the technical side, you know, like skimboarders are more like looking at the wave and like trying to load up on their tricks and pop them real high and not really thinking about like what they need to do as far as connecting combos and stuff. So we don't really think about, Hey, we're going to do a big spin and connect it with a switch, shove it to a blind body burial right. to this, to that. And that's you're kind free, of, you're free riding. You're not contest riding. Yeah. That's kind of like what the wake surfing, that's how you get points in wake surfing. And I think that's where, that's what turned skimboarders off from wanting to do those contests. But I, I wanted to go full on cause you know, buyers like, dude, you need to do contests, man. You need so like you, check so you out. actually competed. Do you still compete? Not as much, but yeah, the first year, I guess when I met you the first year, uh, I was like, okay, if I'm going to like. If I'm gonna like start trying to wake surf, I want to like go, I want to go explore the scene, you know. So I went to like every event, every contest I could like I could possibly go to within my skimboarding travels too. So in between skimboarding, I was like going to these contests. First one I ever went to was Lake Pleasant, Arizona. Sure. Um, and yeah, I don't think that was when I maybe on that same trip I went and met you too. I'm not sure, but uh, 
I actually got second place. And that was like one of my best fi finishes was my first contest ever. I don't right. know why. I still can't figure out what they judge on in a wake surf contest. I, I don't think anybody can. Because like I've had like not a good run and I've done well. And then I've had like my best run ever. And I'm like, oh, dude, I got the podium for sure. And I don't even get like get thirds. I'm like, oh. So I, I think... I think what it was is I wanted to, like, dive in. I wanted to, like, kind of learn about the industry. So I was going to every event. I wanted to see how well I could do in these contests. I made the podium a couple of times. I did the Pro Wakeboard Tour, which was super cool to even be able to be on that, like, tour. Right. And um, once again, I had, like, a lot of those moments where I felt ignorant. There's, like, these pro wakeboarders who I didn't know that are, like, killing it. And, you know, I'm just like, I don't know who you are. So, <laughs> like. It was cool just to be, but I knew it was a cool opportunity, you know, to be on a pro wakeboard tour. But I also knew I was just like, uh, it, wake surfing was the first year introduced to it. So um, I knew the wakeboarders didn't think it was that cool. Yeah. I kind of got that vibe <laughs> real quick. But I was stoked to even like say, hey, I got made the podium at a pro wakeboard tour for wake surfing. That's cool, you know? So, well, so with that being said, let me ask you what. And it was in Georgia, my hometown. Which yeah, is not too bad. Home state, at least. Let me ask you what is your thoughts or i'm sorry what are your thoughts on competitive wake surfing and also competitive wake surfers uh, i think that you know anything competitive is going to push the sport you know like you're it's going to push the sport uh maybe in a certain direction more than another direction but i think there's uh there's a, a need for every little you know there's a need for that you know so it's like Wake surf, competitive wake surfing, I think, pushes the sport to kind of be more technical, throw down, like, you know, bigger tricks, you know, and um, it progresses the sport in that way. I think that's important. And a lot of people, you know, they have every, you know, as athletes, you know, we're competitive, at, we have competitive nature. So if you're a wake surfer, you know, it gives an opportunity for a wake surfer to compete and size their size up their skill level to another guy which is important too you know and that, that's what ultimately will push the sport on a more technical level so i think it's i think it's great i think it's awesome i just don't think for me i think i've put so much energy into like competitive skimboarding and that just takes a lot of not just mental energy but physical are energy. you still in competitive skimboarding? i am but with all the video stuff now it's like since i've a, since i was a kid I've always wanted to just be like a free surfer, you know. Sure. I used to follow like Ozzy Wright and like all the free surfers at the time, Christian Fletcher, who like they weren't the guys doing the contest, but those are the guys that were doing airs and like kind of doing weird stuff that other people weren't doing and making videos and getting paid for it. And like Rob Machado, you know, and even Donovan Frankenrider, Rob Machado making drive-through Japan videos. Like those guys, to me, I'm like. Tch. I want to do what they're doing. They're just cruising with their buddy, like making cool videos and like meeting people in other countries how do you but but how do you make how do you make a living off well i mean that, that's right? the like that's the big mystery you know that nobody really ever knows it's almost just going for it and you know you got to truly want that you right know? And i don't know sometimes the cards just fall into place when you put in the right work if you put it willing to put in the work and you truly want something i think things fall into place hence where i'm at now and well i could I, I i see a guy like you and i think you're probably making much more of an impact on the industry by doing what you're doing and taking the path that you're going in uh co competitive wise where i could see you it's like the fact that i like okay dude you're like one of the most recognizable guys i already said it in wake surfing and you've competed at wake surf contest you've podiumed at wake surf contest yeah. you don't know how 
It was judged <laughs> what it's judged on. Yeah. And the way I see it. They'll be like, like, how do you want the wedge set? And I'm like, what? Like, do you want like, trimmed at a certain level? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, that's, and to me, to me, just like, make the wave a wave. To me, that's one of my biggest things about like competitive wake surfing. I'm not against it at all. I'm yeah. actually into it. Um, oh, I, I think it's yeah. Why would anybody? What be I don't. It? What I don't like is I don't think that people should be able to adjust their waves uh, to how they oh. prefer to like them. Well, I yeah, think, we could probably have another hour conversation about what should be in a wake surf contest right. and shouldn't be. You know, I mean, I know there's a lot of controversial with that. And well, let me know, know what you think about this. This is what I, the way I see it is. I think that pass one that's a good point, should be a left, and pass two should be a right. I mean, that's an idea. Yeah, I think that I mean, the wave should always be opened up to the crowd, to whoever's on the beach oh, watching. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Like that's as as an announcer and as a spectator. What w- the worst thing ever is to watch a wake surf contest that's not being filmed from the boat and put up on a jumbotron. Yeah, yeah. And you're announcing a run, and all you can literally see is some dude's head bobbing oh up gosh. and down. How do you know he might you know? just shove it without even yeah. seeing it? Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways you could play um, criteria for a wake surf sure. contest. I mean, I think they should mess around with it too. I, I mean, it's so early in the stages. What do you like? What does it have to lose to try new stuff? Right? Like, yeah. Just, you guys should totally try like different concepts well, like that sounds I just like a really it, cool concept i personally i want it to be built so that the best most progressive rider on that particular day wins like i don't like when they build the contest up to where like the rules work specifically better for certain people like huh. in the skim division you were talking about you know as soon as some guy lands like a big spin going right into like a switch shove yeah. right in, you know and to me it's it 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 takes a little bit of the fun out of it because to me, wake surfing is is just it's not trick skiing. And I don't know if you're familiar with what trick skiing is, but trick skiing you get 20 seconds. And I'm a trick skier. You get 20 seconds, and you have to pack as many tricks. It doesn't matter how those tricks look. All oh it matters is that you get those tricks in. It's not. Wow. There's no That's, style. Well, it there's sounds no like form. wake surfing, right? They say that they judge on all those things equally, but I've seen it's mostly variety. Like they want to see who's doing the most tricks and because it's always like oh that guy did this but he did that and that's what they're talking about you know like because people will another thing too there needs to be live scoring and this goes with ocean skimboarding too like live scoring is so important right like it really takes out all the you know tension and hostility and like people who are mad about their scores like you just build that up more and more when you wait till the end of the day to say oh this is what the results are sure so live scoring is so important like i mean that's like even for ocean skimboarding it's like you just need to have that like that needs to like that's almost should be like a basic as the announcer it makes it so much more exciting as well and it gives you like almost a whole nother story it's a whole nother strategy too if you're a writer right and it like allows you to say okay i need this score so i'm not going to do anything that's under this i'm just going to capitalize on what i have and make it just better than what i got you know i know where i need to get you know and uh Every time we've had a live scoring and ocean skimboarding contest, and it's still trying to get there. Like only a few of them will have that, and um, when we do have it, it's like it just—it's a game changer. One of the things I put you on the map, what I call 
poaching a, a, a wake surf wake off of the beach, which yes. I don't, which, which poaching usually has like negative connotations to it, but like, I like hijacking. I hijacking, guess that could yeah. also have some negative con- connotations. <laughs> no doubt. I thought at the time it was, uh, it was appropriate, you know, it's all positive. So, okay. So can't be afraid of every word. So break it down. I, to, to my knowledge, you're the first person in the world who is, who was, I don't know if other people are doing it now. I don't know the safety behind it. I would, I would. I want you to basically touch on it all, where you came up with the idea, how it all came together to like, and, and basically you can explain what I'm talking about. Yeah, here, yeah. I'll try to do it without rambling because I keep rambling. So uh, I was, I, so when I got into wake surfing, I went down, I, when I was networking through the first year or even the first contest, I was meeting people like, hey, and I asked like, um, I asked someone who, if they knew somebody who, anybody wake surfing in my area of San Diego, long story short. I met this guy, Marco Thompson, who is super cool. He has pretty much everything to do with me even being able to wake surf my first year. And also the reason that I got in touch with Liquid Force, things just, you know, meeting him was just the very beginning uh, foundation of what was able, I was able to kind of grow into a wake surf career. So thank you so much, Marco. Um, Anybody who wants to wake surf in San Diego, hit this guy up. He's taught actually over a thousand people. He just hit his thousandth wake surfer. He's taught, Sick. I think, in November. So he's taught over a thousand people how to wake surf, um, and he does it on his own dime with his own boat, um, with his own axis. First thing, first boat I rode behind wake surfing outside of Byerly, and uh, thankfully for him, I got to go out wake surfing a lot in San Diego in Mission Bay. So. I guess he had already seen some of the kind of wacky stuff I was doing with Byerly. So he's like, he, he was like coming up with fun ideas. And I've always seen like the boat wakes hit the shore. And I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to kind of like skim those, you know, but they move too fast. You can't really like keep up with them. So he's like, what if you like skimmed out to the boat wake? And I feel like I had already, I feel like I had thought of that, but I kind of dismissed it in my mind. Like I thought about doing that, but I kind of like just dismissed it in my mind because how strict people are with boats and stuff. And I was like, well, yeah, like, if you let me do that, I'm super down. Like, he's like, you, you should totally like skim out to catch the wave. And I was like, I was like, I can do that. No problem. Like, I didn't even think it was okay, even going to. What's it called when you drop the board? Like, what do you call that? Like when you uh, drop the board and start scooting out towards the, the. Well, there's two different drops you can do where you normally just drop the board. It's like a one step where you just put the board right in front of you. You step onto it back foot first. I have a whole six part video series on YouTube for free. That just shows the different ways of stepping and skimming out to, onto a skim board properly. Which you can practice at, a, at the lake if you want. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, or on your carpet at home. You sure. Know, you can at least just get the feel of how to get on your board without throwing your board 20 feet in front of you and jumping on it with both feet at the same time and busting your butt, which is what everybody does. And then they have this horror story about their first time skimboarding. That's actually what motivated me to do that series. Sure. Anyway, so he's like, you should try to skim out to the skim out to the boat wake. And I, since I'm doing a deep water start, I did the monkey crawl method, which is where you kind of like, you put the board down on the water and then you kind of crawl onto it back foot first while your hands are on the board. Is that is that the way to generate the most speed? It's for it's it's a good deep water tool. It's like a good tool for for dropping your board in deep deeper water. And um, if you're gonna throw right on wet sand, I don't like to bend down that low, so I'll just do a normal one step drop. It just depends on the motion and where I'm dropping the board. So sure. I was doing the monkey crawl method, and I mean I didn't even think it was gonna even be like like. I guess he was like, yeah, you should do this. And I was like, yeah, I would love to do that. Well, I think it's like legally boats have to be like 100 to 150 feet away from the shoreline-ish. Yeah, we were probably about that. I mean, 
It probably definitely, it was definitely wasn't legal. <laughs> definitely. But, you know, like Marco's very, he has, uh, he's, people know him in that area and it's like kind of like a quiet area. It's not like a big, so yeah, we just did it. And um, how many times did it take you to get it? It was really not like the timing. Like I was able to reach the wave and the timing it was more just like we had to kind of move the boat further offshore to create a wave because if we were too close there wasn't any wave to push you know so I couldn't make I couldn't have enough energy in the wave to like make my turn and get into it so I think we had to do it like it was like third try because like the first two times I got to the wave but when I got to the wave it was just like dead there was no energy because it was too shallow now are we is this something that we promote to people to try at home or is this more of like a I don't know I feel like I feel like you got to be worried about anything these days you know but I don't I would just say don't try it at home, but if you're not a skimboard, well, how could you not try it at home if you got a boat? I mean, it's <laughs> right. like basically like skimming out to a wave. Well, you got to have the right. It's got to have the right setup. I'm assuming. So to answer your question, people have claimed to do this before, and I have seen videos of the. I guess it was the Phase Five team. They were doing like the boat was literally like five feet off the shoreline, and they were skimming onto it. Right. But I didn't see one person stay on the wave. I also saw the boat was only five feet. I was the first person. I can guarantee you that slid out more than five to ten feet out to catch this wave. Well, one of the and that was the biggest thing to me was to to show the side slip. I was like, I want to show people how far you could get in dead and water. And that's that's what I find so interesting. And even the videos that you're like doing now, every time I see you do that, what you call the monkey drop. Yeah. Every time you do m- monkey drop, it's like and then like, you side slip. So that method of turning your board sideways and slipping out, that's like a that kind of keeps your weight centered and reduces your drag. But I mean, I look at like, if you would have come to my house this morning and seen how glass my lake was, you could have run down my beach oh, yeah, and that. you probably could have gotten into the middle of the lake with no boat out there. I mean, you were able to generate so much speed and distance, it yeah, blows you, me away. you can only go so far. When you don't have any moving water, like the ocean, you can only go so far, you know, because so you, you're dealing with dead water. Um, and not to say going back on the phase five team doing that, I think that's super, I mean, obviously these guys are skimboarders, so they're going to try to think of like ways they can skim onto that boat wake. But without a doubt, nobody like did the hijack a boat wake concept where it's like this boat, unsus- unsuspecting boats driving 150 feet offshore. Have you ever gotten an sliding. unsuspecting boat with it? With the jet ski. Not with the hijack off the shore though, because the hijacking off the shore, you have to find a good spot that you that has a good nice water to land transition, that doesn't like drop like, not like a foot drop off. So it has to be a nice transition from the water to land, and then the water has to be deep enough, uh, right off the shore for the boat to drive by and make a wave. So there has. There are like there has to be like a good uh, setup for it. It's not like just any boat can just drive by and boom, you're gonna hijack it when there's a two foot land to uh, lake drop off. You know, you, there's there's some things that you need to come together to do it. But there's a lot of places I've done it everywhere. Like whenever I go to wake surfing demos, like people are like, can you do it here? I'm like, well, let's go look for a spot. Yeah. Because I love doing. It. I could do that all day. I love I'm sure, doing it. and it's just uh, I'm sure people like it's super it's fun. I'd rather do that than get pulled up on a rope because I feel like I'm skimboarding, you know, right. using my, my timing ability to time the, the boat. And Very good. So I've done it in Canada, Arizona, Australia. I've done it like everywhere I go, done the hijacking a boat wake thing. All right. So moving on to the next thing uh, that that you do that is just so insane. Yeah. What's up, brother? Yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> here, What's yeah. up, man? <laughs> Rock on. That's what I'm talking about, brother. I, I, 
<laughs> thought I had a lot of coffee. Yeah, that yeah. guy had a lot more. Yeah. I love it. You got fans everywhere, bro. That's cool. <laughs> um, okay, so getting back to it, slingshot and into the wake, man. That is cool. That's my next favorite thing. But without a doubt, hijacking Bowick, that's my favorite thing to do. That's like skimboarding, basically. Okay, so so for anybody who's not familiar with slingshot and into the wake, uh, I, same thing. Tell, kind of break is this it down. With what the is it? Jet ski or bungee? Bungee. Oh yeah. Okay. So this was another idea. Uh, what, do you, what, what do you call it? I call it, I thought it was slingshot. You bungeeing in? Yeah, it's just a bun. I guess bungee wake surfing or sling. I like slingshot. That's cool because it's like a big rubber band. So this that was honestly another idea that Marco Thompson brought to me. The guy was just full of good ideas, and uh, he was like, "Hey, he called me one day. He's like, I got a cool idea. I was like, All right, let's hear it. And he's like, What if you had? His original idea was a lot wackier than what I actually did. He's like, what if you had a big giant bungee behind the boat, you slingshotted, went around the boat, like you let go, you went around the boat and caught the wave on the other side. So his original idea was I let go, skim around to the other side of the boat and catch the wave. Let go, cheat death, yeah. and then... <laughs> oh my God, we have some videos of me actually trying that. I was like, I got to at least try this for Marco. This was just this past, this past year. And I mean, I got barreled by the bow of the boat. I was skimming under the bow of a M235, like Malibu's biggest boat. Oh yeah, because they were filming or what were they doing? And then afterwards I realized how insanely stupid and dangerous that was. And I was like, wow, that could have been really bad. Anyways, but so we just, I was like, well, let's start. I was like, I happen to have a bungee in my garage. I had one of those Banshee bungees in my garage. And what, what a Banshee just bungee, is that for like uh, snowboarding or something? Yeah, or? it's like a uh, action sports bungee, and I don't even think they make them anymore. Right. I, think they're just, I think the company got sued because of all the liability or something, sure. and so there's just leftover product. So we had one of those bungees, and I was like, all right, so we just like, I don't know, we just basically, I tied a bungee to a bunch of ropes, so I'd be far behind the thing, and we didn't know what was going to happen, you know, like, we just like, we just went for it, you know, we jump in the water so the so basically let's break it down the bun your awake surf rope is normally eight to 12 feet long oh yeah, yeah yeah and this bungee is how long the rope i just decided i was like okay i'll get 150 feet of rope at home depot and so i got 100 and like 50 feet of rope or probably i think i shortened it to 100 feet of rope and then the bungee itself was 20 feet that probably stretched to about double its length when you start stretching it so I guess I was like 140 feet behind the boat and um, after while being stretched. And when I, when I felt that thing stretching, it's kind of scary because you have like this, it's like stretching a rubber band right in front of your face, you know, except this thing's giant. And uh, I just use carabiners to connect it to the rope. And then like that thing would be like a bullet coming at your head, like if it broke at, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I don't use carabiners anymore, but... Uh, yeah, the first time it did, like, he, like, I came up over the water and that thing started pulling me towards the boat. I was, like, smiling ear to ear. I was like, dude, this is insane. Like, Marco was cracking up, just dying laughing. And the, you don't have to worry about the rope. The rope doesn't fling into the boat or anything you like have that? To, I ha, you have to connect it to the deck bar because we did connect it to, like, the side cleat at the first because we knew not to, like, Marco's, like, definitely not connecting it to the top. So we, I think we did to, and, like, that almost killed us in the boat. So then we connect it to the deck bar. That's what we were most afraid of. Like, what's this thing going to do? You right. Know? Where's it going to go? We even did a couple of tests, like, outside, and we saw how fast that thing whipped, you know, back. Um, so we just did it. Connect it to the deck bar. If you do try that at home, which don't, connect it to the, to the, to the deck bar because it cuts through the water 
and then it will like it just will stop in the water. You have to connect it to the deck sure. bar, or else so the it water will, it will it literally down. kill somebody in the boat. Like that thing comes in at like lightning speed. What's your plan for for 2018 as as far as like travels and uh, getting yourself out there? I want to. One of my goals is I want to get to hijack a boat wake or hijack a jet ski. I don't know if you've seen that video where I skim out to my buddy on a jet ski, throw him off. It was like. Made, it was turned into a meme, like a GTA meme. Someone made it, like got shared a bunch. It was like me sliding out to jet ski, throwing them off, and then stealing the jet ski. Like G, looked just like GTA. We didn't even make it. Wanted, we didn't even plan it for it to look like that, and it did. But so I want to get one of those concepts into a, like an action movie with The Rock. Like that's like one of my biggest like like dream goals. Like that would be sick to take to get skimboarding utilized as a st- action movie stunt absolutely and do that by the hijack a boatway thing so i really like to see that in a movie um keep trying to grow skim uh skimboarding exposure and like get on a maybe even like a larger scale audience on a commercial scale audience so that it reaches a broader audience like more people and um yeah those are some of my goals and just kind of keep traveling go to new places that i haven't been before and do what i love to do there and uh yeah keep growing the sport and yeah man well we're excited about that um my thing the uh, last note that i wanted to touch on was um uh, some of the charity efforts that um are given back that you've kind of worked on i oh, know thanks, right man. like right now i see you're wearing uh, a shirt wake for warriors which yep. definitely means a lot to to me and of course our industry um and then also like through some of your social media i noticed that you i think i saw you had gone on a trip to to Haiti, yeah, some sort of mission. Yeah. So, it Wake for Warriors, Haiti, anything else like that? I mean, that? all that actually ties into wake surfing a little yeah. bit. The Haiti thing was with Freewaters, which is who basically ultimately linked me up with Byerly and gave him my first opportunity to wake surf. So, uh, doing that trip was absolutely insane. I mean, I could write a book about that trip, but that was incredible and um, just insanely humbling. And then also the Wake for Wake for Warriors is a really cool organization, very grassroots. Uh, basically funded by the pockets of a Marine veteran veteran himself, David Deep, uh, out of Atlanta, Georgia. He's a Delta pilot, just totally rad dude. That so just, the whole Georgia thing ties in there too, Yeah, right? and he just reached out to me. I mean, it just by coincidence, he's from Georgia too, which is rad. Uh, the first one I went to was in Miami. You could see a whole video on YouTube if you uh, look up Wake for Warriors Miami on my YouTube channel. Um, he basically does all this out of pocket, takes... Uh, uh, basically badass veteran dudes who have lost legs, who have, you know, uh, overcome PTSD or still trying to overcome that. Um, it's incredible, man. And these guys, you know, they've, they've sacrificed a lot and nobody ever deserves to be in the situation that they're in. And they have every reason to be bummed, but those guys are so positive every time they get behind the boat and they're just stoked to be a part of it. And it like, it really like does a lot for these guys and you know brings joy into into their lives when they've seen a lot of of the opposite so like to have an organization that that guy's funding out of his pocket he's meeting up with people who have boats um anybody who can get involved with supporting that um please do because he could use all the all the help he can get but he's running it well right now it's a really strong organization it's growing it's getting a lot of exposure so check him out wakeforwarriors.org i think is the website check out the videos i think i'm going to get to go on another one in in miami i like going to the miami ones because they're 
they're so awesome. I, that's the only reason I've ever been to Miami is for this thing. So right. you get to hang out with some really badass dudes in Miami and go wake surf and like do something cool. And uh, I love it. So just be in Miami. I know you're in Miami, man. <laughs> it's awesome. rad. So yeah, go check those guys out. Um, there's a little orphanage in Tijuana that I've helped out recently. I've just basically bought some toys and food and stuff like that bring that down stoke those kids hey well out. if you ever need any yo-yos you know where to get them from hey i might I'm your guy i think you, you know, can't have this mickey mouse yo-yo <laughs> but i got some others sure, i can hook you up sure. with hey. and i do skim camps every year too well i try to like i like i do like a skim day at least um every year where on people t- pay or just, you just like give back it started off when i was like you know struggling to pay rent i started off doing it as like a paid thing and just paying for my time and doing it but now i'm traveling i can't give parents as much of a heads up uh to sign up and stuff like that i just do it for free so it's just like my way to give back to the skim community where i grew up and kind of get these these kids involved with something fun that they can do even when the waves are bad very cool which is skimboarding because there's not a lot to do on the island and um it's important that these these kids stay having fun and staying active. I'm a big advocate of that. So Very good. All right, in a minute, I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell everybody how to get in touch with you, reach you, or follow you, whatever, on social media, and, of course, also the chance to oh, talk about cool. your sponsors. But I do want you, uh, because I, I've just been seeing some stuff, um, One Wake and Axis Boats are um, our two brands that I notice yeah. uh, have been doing a lot for you. Talk a little bit about that relationship. Uh, one Wake, super cool. They're basically ran by Singleton Marine, or One Water Marine. That basically is one of the biggest uh, Malibu dealers in North America. Um, Maybe in the world. <laughs> yeah, so they started One Wake as like a brand that kind of connects all athletes in all sports and under one roof doing cool innovative stuff so it's like you so like you jeff langley uh, steel lafferty sure. for example is like a really uh innovative dude that's just like kills at what he does you know and he's always coming up with ideas and there's actually one idea <laughs> there's one idea that we have on camera that we've done that we haven't even been able to release because uh at the time it was just too it was just too gnarly like they they were afraid that there would be like some lawsuits going on if we released it so there is one thing that like, and I'm, it kills me to even think about it, that we haven't, this has happened like probably two years ago, but we have this insane video that we ha- can't release because it's just, it, it's. I mean, it was done on closed conditions, I'm yeah, sure, and it's yeah, safely it with you, with so professionals. So hopefully we'll see it out here soon, but well, it'll it's like be I basically the- me riding a board that I rode, you know, two or three years ago. You'll know it's like three years ago, so, right. or two and a half years ago. But anyways, Steel came up with that idea of that video kind of with me and, um, so that's what One Wake is. They're just a cool brand that uh, basically sells all your needs for wake products. So if you need my board, my Pro Model Liquid Force board, go to One Wake. They have it in stock. If you need the new wake foil, go to One Wake. They have that in stock. They have really cool vests. They got uh, everything you need. You sure. know, hats, cool hats, T-shirts. They have a really cool logo, um, and they're all about wake surfing and having fun and being innovative. It's a cool brand. One wake, one love, man. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> all right, and, sure. and uh, Axis Boats, man, congratulations you, on man. whatever is going on there. And it's crazy because I've had this relationship with One Wake for like over two years now, have this relationship with Liquid Force for over three years now, and the first boat I was riding behind with Marco Thompson all the time was the Axis, and I had like... I was like, everybody was saying, dude, you don't have a boat sponsor? Like, what do you, like, I'm like, no, I don't have a boat sponsor. Like, I think everybody was afraid to get involved with me just because I wasn't the normal, like, you know, clean cut, you know, 
wake surf competition traveler. You know, I was just kind of doing wacky stuff and I'm like a surfer with dreadlocks. I don't know. I don't know. That's just my theory. I don't know why the boat companies weren't getting involved. But finally, after being a big advocate for, because I've ridden behind all the boats and I was trying to get a gauge of what I like the best. And it was frustrating to hear I would actually be selling boats at boat shows for a company that I didn't even ride for. And this was like year, year, for the past two years. So people would say, hey, what should I get? Should I get this boat or should I get the 25 LSV? Because I'm deciding between these two boats. And I would just tell them, I personally like this shape of the wave better. So it feels good, that being said, to finally be an official ambassador and athlete for Malibu and Axis because it's been my favorite boat to ride behind um, through all the all the best boats that I've been on. So super stoked on that. So thank you. All right, dude. Let everybody know who your sponsors are, the folks. Yeah, uh, for that, sure. Uh, uh, special thanks to Del Sol um, and Caraloha for bringing me out here to the Surf Expo. Uh, obviously, Liquid Force, Malibu Boats. Clarion, best audio systems in the game. So if you're trying to get a new audio system on your boat, check out the Clarion systems. I just got one in my car. Super stoked on that. Uh, Exile Skimboards, Power Bar, Abrogado Coconut Water. Got a lot of partners. A lot of people support me. Bob Harrow's, we're doing a little merchandise collab, so that's been rad. And um, be on the lookout for that on my website. If you need to buy an ocean skimboard, so just to let you guys know, I get this question a lot. Can you buy a wake skim? and go skim in the ocean. I don't recommend it. They're made with different material. Our ocean skim boards are made, they're, they're not as buoyant. They're made with a more dense process. So if you're gonna try ocean skimboarding, get a carbon fiber skim board. Don't get a wooden skim board. Don't even get the next material. It's still fiberglass, but it's got a bunch of flex. Just get a carbon fiber skim board and get it from eastcoastskimboards.com. Spend the money. I ride a Exile medium hybrid shape for ocean skimboarding, if you're wondering. I ride my Keen 52-inch board for uh, by Liquid Force when I'm wake surfing. Um, so those are the boards I ride. Very and good. I ride them finless, but it comes with a fin. Or Very it comes good. with two fins. You're even riding your wake surf board finless. Yeah, yeah. It comes with two little fins, but I ride that finless. Beautiful. Yeah. Fins feel weird to me on a skimboard. Tell everybody uh, listening how they can find you, uh, dates, your uh, social media. I'm sure they're already following you, but drop it all out. If you're already following me, thank you guys so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And everybody who's sharing the videos and commenting and tagging their friends in the comments, like, thank you guys so much. It's like helping me build an audience. Like, thank you guys. Uh, You can follow me at at AustinKeem47 on Instagram. Facebook, dash Austin Keem 47 on Facebook. Twitter, Austin Keem 47. My YouTube is youtube.com dash Austin Keem. So, uh, boom. boom. AustinKeem.com. Please check out my website. I'm doing a blog that kind of goes more in depth with some of this stuff. So, if, if, you, uh, if you want a little bit more than just that quick swipe on Instagram, then go to my website, check out my blog. I got some t-shirts, hats, stickers, koozies, everything right there that if you want to rep the you know, the brand and the lifestyle and uh, go check it out. Dang it. Awesome, man. This is awesome, bro. Great conversation. Hey, thank thank you, you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just thank you guys so much. I 
still super stoked and can't even believe to that you know getting the opportunities we're getting so thank you there it is guys at uh, austin keen you hear it right there all the social media feeds uh follow this dude he's got some awesome stuff we're at surf expo sorry if it was a little bit loud behind us you guys but uh, we did it you wanted it and now you have it austin keen right here you on the golden mike podcast i'm daniel mano and we'll be right back oh yeah GoPuck, the leader in wearable power. GoPuck is the ultimate personal power solution to charge all USB-powered devices. Designed for those with an active lifestyle, you're able to clip, strap, or mount the power wherever you need, giving you the ability to easily rapid charge your devices multiple times hands-free. Three size options are available online at gopuck.com and you can use promo code MANO30 at checkout for 30% off. Again, that's MANO30, M-A-N-O-3-0 at gopuck.com. Hey, Golden Mike Podcast listeners, get your boat looking brand new this summer with some custom Sea Deck non-skid traction. On your boat, in your boat, on the dock, or anywhere normally prone to slippery surfaces, even paddle boards and wake surfers. Sea Deck has a growing network of certified fabricators and installers covering the USA, Canada, Europe, and the South Pacific, and now it's easier than ever to have a Sea Deck professional take your project from start to finish. Go to SeaDeck.com, hit the custom button, on the website and look for the interactive map to locate a CDEX certified fabricator or installer in your area to schedule an appointment today. Presented by CDEX Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. Big thanks to Austin Keen for taking some time out of his really busy schedule. You heard it there in the middle of the episode or in the middle of the interview. A random fan just freaked out when he saw him. It was cool to hear his story and I was surprised to find out that he was from Georgia of all places and that his roots are so deep in surf, Tybee Island. Give him a follow. Actually, I'm pretty sure most of you are probably already following him. So go check out his six-part YouTube series about skim starts because it sounds pretty interesting. Hoping to catch up with Austin a little bit later on this summer and hopefully go for a surf. And if I do, you better believe I'll get some clips for you all to check out. So now check out my event schedule. It's starting to fill up, guys. This coming weekend, I'm going to be off the water and in the snow. I'm heading up to Alpine Valley, Michigan for a live webcasted snowboard contest and snow ski contest with my friends over there at Borden.com. Then the following weekend, February 17th through the 25th, that's like nine days. I'm going to be in Detroit at the Detroit Boat Show with Step Up Productions, the All-Star Wakeboard Rail Jam. As far as I know right now, I'm going to have J.B. O'Neill with me along with James Boja. It's going to be a radical time. Hopefully, I'll see some of your faces out there. I close February out in Steamboat, Colorado for the WSIA's Winter Summit. Going to go catch up with some of my friends and some of the industry heads. Maybe do a little bit of announcing, some, some elbow rubbing and whatnot. 
Then March kicks off with Think Tank. That's a show ski event up in Wisconsin. It's kind of like a convention bringing all kinds of skiers together. I'm hoping to stop up there and to say what's up and to check out the scene. Then I'm going to be in Cocoa Beach March 9th with the Billabong team. There's a rail jam happening on the beach you don't want to miss. The following day, I'm going to be in Claremont, Florida. That's March 10th with Performance Ski and Surf, Bill Porter and the crew. Pig on the Pond is the event. It's a, an event you don't want to miss. Not only is there a wakeboard contest there, but it's like a big carnival and flea market and farmer's market and whatnot. It's it's cool. All right, back to Cocoa Beach on March 11th to close out that Billabong Wakeboard Rail Jam. And then a whole heck of a lot more coming up later on in March and then April and May and June. Super crazy. Now, if anybody listening is interested in having me announce commentate, do voiceover work, or appear at your next event. Maybe you just want to advertise on the Golden Mike podcast or ask me any question in general. Email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. You can also message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. And that's also the best way of purchasing one of the official Golden Mike podcast t-shirts, brand new, of course, and hats or stickers, whatever you want. I got swag and you want it. Please remember to find and subscribe to the Golden Mike Podcast on iTunes or the podcast app or any Android podcast app. You can usually find us right there. Once you do, rate and review the show. Guys, it does a whole heck of a lot. I'm also on SoundCloud. If you want, you can find all the episodes posted there as well. Just search the Golden Mike Podcast. Back to social media at the Dano T Mano and at the Golden underscore Mike are my handles on Twitter, on Instagram, you know it, it's at Dano T Mano, and of course the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. Thanks again to Austin Keen, and now a few shout outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, GoPuck, Footin.com, Borden.com, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Leadweight, Conley, Ronix, O'Brien, Slingshot Wakeboards, Jenna Carruth on the web, and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's going to do it for today's show, and I appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Alamano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.